I know I said last week that it was our last week on this sermon series in Philippians, but I thought maybe it was at that time. But the more I think about it and pray about it and review what we've been over, I, don't, I want to do a quick overview today. I want to make sure that we haven't lost the forest for the trees, as they say, um, because the message that Paul, the Apostle Paul gives us in the book of Philippians is such a powerful one. It's meant so much of my own faith walk, um, and so I just want us to spend a little time uh, this morning reviewing what we've been over, um, moving forward towards Christ and in our walk with Christ. You know, life is about movement, right, about progression. You've heard, you know, people say, you've come a long way, and wow, you've really grown. We were watching a, um, some kind of food show this past week. And it was like a competition. And the person that won was not the best cook, but everybody voted for them because they'd come so far. They had grown so much. So I was like, oh, great, you won because you stunk at the beginning. Um, but it's a thing, right? We want to progress. We all want to feel like we're progressing in life um, in all kinds of ways. Um, it's the same thing in our spiritual walk. Uh, in our spiritual journey, right? Some religions or, or philosophies, they play off of that and they talk about reaching a level of enlightenment, right? Or self-discovery, whatever. Um, because we know somewhere that yearning comes from spiritually from the idea and the, the realization that we're not all right. Like there's more, right? There's, there's got to be more and I'm not, we're not quite whole yet and I can always be better, do better. And so that's a result of the fall, uh, really, and so the title of today's message, as we review and look back over Philippians, is Grounded and Growing. We're going to break it down to what Paul tells us throughout this letter about being grounded and growing in Christ. Um, the truth is we all need to move from where we are, wherever you're at this morning, to where you need to be. And so uh, in this letter to the Philippian church, you know, the Apostle Paul is talking about just that. Um, we've talked about over these past weeks, um, and we've walked through this um, page by page. Um, and today I want to close out by just taking a flyover about and, 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 and touch on what we've learned and really kind of uh, drive home the message of this letter. Um, so um, before I jump in here, let's, let's say a quick prayer. Lord God, thank you for your word. Thank you for this letter. Thank you that you've preserved it for us this morning to look into and God, to hear from you. So we tune our eyes, to our ears to your voice, the voice of your spirit this morning. Holy Spirit, speak to us. Move us from where we are um, to a place closer to you. In Christ's name, amen. And so I want to look at a couple things. And today's going to be a little different than normal. Usually I'll take a passage and kind of go through it a little bit by a little bit. We're going to jump all over. So I know sometimes uh, that can be confusing, but I'll try to go slow and tell you exactly where we're going. But I want to look all around this book as we summarize it, okay? So first of all, grounded in Christ, being grounded in Christ. To grow in Christ, we have to first be grounded in Him. And in chapter 1, but way back at the beginning in chapter 1, verses 2 through 6, I want us to look at these verses here in chapter 1. And it says this, grace to you and peace. So this is right at the beginning, Paul is talking to these Christians. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God in all remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you all making my prayer with joy, for you making my prayer with joy, 
because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will begin it, will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. So right here at the beginning, Paul is obviously talking to believers. He's calling on their common faith in Jesus Christ, their relationship in Christ and in the gospel as this um, launching point into his call to um, be grounded and grow in Christ. And at the very beginning, um, he's talking about the foundation that all of this is based on. The thing that binds this church together, the thing that binds you and I together as believers is the foundation being Jesus Christ. Colossians chapter 2, verse 6 and 7, this same Paul wrote this, Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him, rooted and built up in Him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. See, if you're not grounded in the right thing, if you're not planted in the right soil, then um, you're not going to be able to grow. Um, we can try to grow. We can, we can try to get better. We can try to progress, but we're going to just continue to die. I remember when we were living in Alabama, um, South Alabama, Tony is big in planting flowers and so she wanted to plant flowers everywhere. And our pastor out in Wicksburg, Alabama warned us. He said, this soil is not like rich soil. This is like hard clay out here where we were. And so it was very difficult. We kept trying to plant stuff and it wouldn't, it, it didn't do real well. We had to like put extra fertilizer. We had to build a flower box and put a lot of soil in there. It was very difficult. Um, but we can try to build our lives on many other principles and ideas and even other religions and all these other things. But if it's not in Christ, that's not the right foundation. If that's, that's the foundation you and I were born to have our roots in. If it's not in that, it's going gonna, it's gonna to die. See, our default in our flesh, all of us, I know we're all believers here this morning, but our default, just like everyone, is centered on myself. I, my foundation, I want to my, find my foundation in me. Every philosophical and spiritual movement in the world is based on self and apart from the gospel it's a broken foundation it's a hard foundation that we can't grow in but i am the one that's broken you know we go we search after answers the human condition we we want to to grow and and we go to these other philosophies and these other religions in the world and we find out that they're pointing us back to ourselves and i'm the one that's broken remember the answer is not in me but the truth is most of us come even this morning we come with the mindset what is this going to do for me today how am i going to how am i going to benefit from this how's the music how's this message How's this community and my relationships going to make me better, right? And don't get me wrong, this, this should absolutely, we should absolutely find love and encouragement and friendship and community with one another and encouragement through the music and grace among the people of God and in the message that we hear. But here's the thing, what the world has not figured out yet is we don't find those things by looking for them. Everybody's looking for satisfaction, looking for encouragement, looking for meaning, looking for peace. You will find it. You can find it, but it's when we first 
seek after Christ. We find those things in Jesus. When I leave myself behind and I seek to know Christ and to know Him more, so as you come here on Sunday mornings, the same principle applies. When I come here, I'm seeking to, to glorify God in my worship and our conversations with one another, our encouraging one another. We want to come and bring a sacrifice of praise. It's not just about coming in and saying, okay, who's going to speak to me and who's not? Jesus said the way that we complete our joy, the way that you have complete joy this morning is in him, right? Our pursuit must be Jesus. And for some of us, that's what keeps us away from church at times. Obviously not you. Um, but when we weigh it all, we determine, you know what? It's just not as worth it. Compared to the other things I could be involved in, compared to the other things where I could find some encouragement, maybe on Sunday morning, maybe, maybe, maybe it doesn't, it's not good enough. Maybe I haven't found that balance just yet. But it's all about me, right? And we have to get past that. We have to be grounded in Jesus and press into him. In chapter 3 of this letter, in verse 7, Paul said, But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. Paul was saying, listen, I've pursued all the other things. I've tried to make myself better. I've tried to make myself feel better. All those things. I've tried to have success. It's like garbage in comparison with knowing Jesus and being found in him as my foundation. Whatever you're grounded in this morning is where you get your nutrients, right? And it's responsible for the fruit that comes into your life. So Paul is testifying with his own life that he had found that foundation. But not only grounded in Christ, but growing in Jesus. And that's what Paul spends a lot of his time in this book doing. There's only two points this morning, grounded in Christ and growing in Christ. He says in chapter 3, and that's why the title of this whole message series is Moving Forward, because Paul keeps talking about with his own life and in the life of the church. He's like, press on, move forward. Chapter 3, verse 12 through 14 says, Not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own, because Christ Jesus has made me his own. So he's saying, my foundation, I'm grounded in Jesus, but I've not, I've not gotten there yet. I've not gotten to full maturity. Brothers, I do not consider that I've made it, uh, made it my own, but one thing I do. See, it's not that we've arrived. It's not that we're perfect, but one thing we're called to do. He says, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward calling God in Christ Jesus. See, when we come to Christ as Christians and we, we say, yes, I realize that life is only found in him, eternity is found in him. We realize that he not only heals us of our sin, forgives us of, of our sin, but he makes us new. He gives us the capacity to grow in him. There's no capacity to grow in Jesus if you don't know Jesus. But as a Christian, we have that capacity. We also have that calling. We talked about, and we're not talking about work salvation. That's covered on the cross. It's God's grace by faith. All are welcome. 
We are a welcoming church. The gospel, Christianity is welcoming. doesn't matter who you are, where you've been, doesn't matter anything about you, but it's a call to come and be transformed, to be changed by faith, to be made new. It's the beginning of this process. Back in chapter 1, verse 6, Remember, I read it a few minutes ago. Paul said, and I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. You know, we talked about being grounded in Christ. The fundamental issue with the world and the culture around us is that they're seeking to be grounded in self, to find who I am in myself and to improve myself. Well, it's the same. The same is true about Christians and maturing and growing as Christians. Because we live in a world that is pursuing self, we're always battling this draw. We're, we live in fallen bodies. We're always battling this draw to find our growth and find our satisfaction in self. The call to shift our affections and allegiances from Jesus to the things of the world and the things of myself. But, but Paul said, he who began the work will complete it. He is the one that is working in you. He started it. He will continue it. He said in verse 12, not that I've already obtained it or I'm already perfect, but I press on. Press on. Are you pressing on this morning? Are you pressing on in your walk with Christ? Are you seeking to grow? Are you seeking to know more about Him? Do you understand that you don't know today? I don't know today all there is to know about Him. I don't know all there is to know about walking in intimate fellowship with Him. There's more for us. And that's what He's calling us to. To make progress, to grow, means to grow in my walk with Him. And He talks about a few things we hit on over the past few weeks particularly. One is to grow in love, right? In, in chapter 1, Paul said, and it is my prayer in verse 9, that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment. Listen, we can know all the slogans, we can know all the t-shirts calling for love, right? But until we know in, in knowledge and discernment the truth of the love of Christ in our own lives, and we're pressing in to that intimate relationship, we cannot love one another. I talked about this a few weeks ago where we said, well, you know, the heart wants what the heart wants. Right, exactly. And the Bible says the heart is wicked. Knowing Christ, growing in my love for Him and understanding His love for me will make me transform me into being able to love others. God removes the heart of stone, replaces it with a heart of flesh that desires what He desires. And so, Christian, we should be growing in Christ-like love. That's one of the fruits of the Spirit. That's part of the fruit of the Spirit is our love. And when we look at the love that the Bible talks about, which we also talked about a couple weeks ago that's not like the world's love. It doesn't have to agree all the time. It's love that's not conditional. It's love that's not self-first centered. It's love that's sacrificial. It's love that bites its tongue. It's love that is not fearful. It's love that makes myself vulnerable. The world will tell you, don't make yourself vulnerable. Protect yourself. But when we know the love of Christ, our hearts are sensitive. Our hearts are able 
to love and be loved because we know the ultimate love. I'm not asking you to fulfill something that only Christ can fulfill. And what happens is when we leave Christ out of it, and even as Christians, when we push our relationship with Christ, we don't find, our, um, we don't find that satisfaction of being loved and, and reflecting on and understanding and reading the promises and sitting in that, resting and worshiping in the love of Christ. Then we begin to run and pursue it in other places. Love more. He says also that we grow in confidence. Remember uh, several weeks ago in chapter 1, Verse 19 through 20, he says, For I know that through your prayers, this is, this is Paul talking. He's in prison. He says, I know that through your prayers and God's provision of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage so that now as always Christ will be exalted in my body, whether life or death. See, we... we as Christians, we have struggles, right? That's not what the Christian life is about. But it's about where my hope comes from. It's about where my focus is, is on the middle, in the middle of those struggles, in the middle of that pain. My confidence is not in whether this is going to work out the way I think it should work out. My confidence is in Jesus Christ. That's, I know that is easier said than done. But it's pressing into him. Remember Job said, though he slay me, I will trust in him. Man, that is, that's hardcore stuff. But we should be growing in our confidence in Jesus, that he's working in my life. I'm becoming more and more aware that he is working things out for his glory. And he's going to deliver me, not, not the way I think he should deliver me. In every situation, there is a way. There's a way that seems right to man. And Christians, we're not immune to that. There's a way that we think this should work out this way. And a lot of times we begin to, to kind of project our way onto God. And that's not always his way. Sometimes it's completely out of the box, but it will bring him the most glory. And in the end, it will be what's best for us. Remember, Paul here, he was delivered from the Philippian prison, but he eventually died in prison. He eventually continued to suffer until his death. He says that he's convinced we should be growing in that, Christians. We should be studying God's Word. We should be spending time in prayer. We should have people around us that are encouraging us, holding us accountable. Because we can be confident in these things. God knows me and loves me. You should be confident of that this morning. Whether you feel it, that's what faith is. God is for me, not my ideas, but He's for His way that is best in my life. And he is active. You can be confident of those things this morning because God's word tells us those things. And if we can't believe God's word, what are we doing here? You guys don't have anything else to do on Sunday? His word is true. We've got to take his promises for what they say. So what are you struggling with today? What are you struggling with? Christ knows. He knows. We don't all know each other's struggles, but Jesus knows your struggle today. Jesus knows your pain. And He cares. And He has a way through it. He has, a, he has an answer to it. Take some time today and rest in that. Rest in His promises. Worship Him. 
even though you can't see it, even though you don't feel it, even though you don't know how it's going to work out, even though it hurts, worship. Thank Him. Have you heard of this thing, this new age kind of thing called manifesting? I heard it around and kind of explored it this week a little bit. And it's kind of this new age idea of using our thoughts and feelings and beliefs to bring something to our physical reality. This is the, that's the definition according to the Berkeley Wellbeing Institute. Using our thoughts and feelings and beliefs to bring something to our physical reality. Here, here's another, uh, here's another um, definition I read. Manifesting is the process of vibrating at a high frequency so that you become a vibrational match with the universe and can co-create your world. Really? On Instagram, someone, someone wrote that $20,000 will soon land in your hands and all you have to do is comment yes. This is the exact quote from Instagram. Your energy is cleaned. All your blocks are removed. $20,000 is about to land in your hand. Affirm yes. I'm not going to go off on that. All I'm going to say is this is not the answer. The answer is worship. You want to see things happen in your life according to God's will for your life? If you want to have peace that passes understanding, worship. Thank God that He has already solved it. Thank God that He's already bringing glory to Himself. Thank God that even if it means I will see Him face to face today, it is for my good and for His glory. The answer in every struggle, every barrier, every need is turning my attention from myself, my circumstances, my vibrating, whatever, to Jesus Christ, pouring out my heart to Him, giving Him praise and thanksgiving. He said in chapter 3, verse 6, Paul said, In everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. Paul's in prison as he writes this. He's saying, praise God. I think I shared this before, but we were planning a worship service. And I had one of the guitar players ask me, Steve, what's a win today? What's a win? What, what, what will be a win this morning in this service? And he was looking for an answer like, man, if we could just flood the altar, you know, if people are raising hands and we're just, and they get it. I said, we already won. I'm singing as if we've already run one because I know God is on his throne. I pray that we would get in tune with that. We would realize that, but we already have the victory. Hebrews says, faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. Listen, believer, we've got to live with confidence. Let the world see around you. Not that, not that everything's perfect, and we, but that we struggle. But in that struggle, we have hope that God is on his throne. So when I'm pursuing Jesus, I can't always des describe it. I can't define it, but I'm confident. And so I worship. I believe even when I can't see the outcome. Listen, when the world sees that in your life, the world's ears will perk up, right? They see that confidence. They see that hope. That's what 1 Peter tells us. Be ready to give a reason for the hope that's within you when someone asks. People will ask, but here's a warning. Some will attack. 
When some see that confidence in your life, they will attack you because it's like, how dare you? How dare you think you have the answer? We're all struggling. We're all broken. We know none of us have found it. We're just hoping. And here you are living your life as though, I got it. So you will be attacked for it. Keep your eyes on Jesus. But that brings us to this next point. We spent a whole message on it a couple weeks ago. And that is we should be growing in humility. That's never arrogance. This confidence is never arrogance. It's never self-righteousness or piousness. He said in chapter 2, verses 2 through 4, Complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interest, but also to the interest of others. Listen, as we grow in our relationship with Christ, I understand that I don't have to be my defender all the time. I don't have to prove my worth to those around me. I don't have to be the loudest voice in the room or in the argument or debate. Christ is working on my behalf. He's got me in the palm of his hand. Sometimes it's like, you know, they talk about a hurt animal. You ever see a hurt animal that maybe in the, in the shelter or something that's they're backed up in a corner. If you back them in the corner, they say it's dangerous because they're hurt and they may think you're coming after them, so it doesn't matter whether they think they can destroy you or not. They'll come after you. They'll attack you. We don't have to live like that as Christians. Sometimes that's how we live. We're attacking. We're, we're prideful. We're defensive. Listen, that, that screams that I'm not finding my security and my confidence in Jesus Christ. He says in that passage, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. So it's not that I'm trying to get myself ahead, that I'm thinking of myself first. And it's not this idea of conceit. That, that, that Greek word means, uh, is kinadoxia, which means empty glory. It's empty it's a facade built out of insecurity. You know, we talked a few weeks ago about pride being born out of brokenness. That's where my pride comes from. My brokenness, my swagger is a sham because I'm just trying to put forth what I want you to think about me because I've been hurt. And I want you to know that's not me. You're not going to hurt me anymore. And so as long as we're fighting for our own rights, we're searching for approval and affirmation from the world and from our culture, we will always be in a frantic battle. And that always results in more me than you. And that's what he's calling us away from here. It's not about being walked on or abused or any of those things, but it's about trusting that Jesus is before, behind, and right beside me. And so... Uh, growing in confidence, growing in love, growing in confidence, growing in humility, but also we talked, I think, last week in growing in our perspective. In chapter 3, verse 7 and 8, Paul says, But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I've, lost, I've suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. Listen, we've been given a new heart, new desires. We've been given the Holy Spirit to guide us and teach us. He's calling us 
to walk in the Spirit. Allow the Spirit to work through me to see people. To work through me to see situations. Specifically, Paul talks about growing in my perspective of my life without Jesus. Remember we talked about that? In verse 8, for, this, for his sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish. Paul is saying what I used to value, I no longer value. I've changed. I'm changing in that. And what that does is it produces a couple things. Number one, it produces worship. I remember who I was. I remember what Jesus has done in my life. And it produces worship and thanksgiving. I am so thankful for God grabbing a hold of me. But it also gives me compassion and empathy and a desire to see others come to know Christ. Because I know what you're going through. When someone walks in the room and, and, I, and I can figure out pretty soon that they're lost... I have an empathy. I have a compassion for them because they're broken. They're just seeking. They're seeking that love. They're seeking that confidence. And they'll never find it without Jesus. And I remember that was me. But also growing in my perspective of today. What's happening in my life today. I'm growing and understanding, you know what? God is working today. God has a plan here this morning. The priorities of my life, my my highest achievement is to know Jesus more. We have to constantly be shifting back to that because the things of this world, paying rent and all those things, are powerful things. But we have to constantly organize our life in such a way that I am fixing my eyes on Jesus. He says everything else is rubbish compared to the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. It's huge. So I measure my, every relationship in my life, every plan for my future, my career, my, my church, every habit, every hobby through the perspective of, does this push me towards Christ? Is this growing me, helping me grow in my relationship with Him? Or is it pushing me away? Is it pulling me away? And we talked about this the other, other week. That doesn't mean a relationship with a lost person or someone who's not a Christian is off limits. No, we're called to reach out. But unless Jesus is that first relationship, I'm no good to the lost people, the broken people around me. And here's the thing. When you share your faith with somebody, when you share Christ, or you even get into these spiritual conversations, you're having this constant prayer. Let's say you go out with some friends and you have, you're thinking spiritually, like, God, how would you, would you speak through me in this? Or, you know, whatever. It's life-giving to my faith also. It's evidence that the Holy Spirit is working in me. And then when I do get the opportunity to share, man, there's nothing like it. So that's my perspective of my present, but also perspective of my future. He said in chapter 3 and verse 20, but our citizenship is in heaven and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, my perspective of eternity has changed. If my life was to, my heartbeat the last one comes today, that's all right. I'm going to be in the presence of my Savior. I'll be in paradise. And that, that perspective, when I'm growing in that perspective and understanding the promises of God and pressing into that, it does a few things. It affects the way I see this temporary life. It sees the way I see trials and hardships. It affects how I see my loved ones 
how I see my priorities, my purpose in life when I'm looking from that perspective. It's funny, I was walking down the street this week and I was listening to a Barry Manilow song. Yes, I listen to Barry Manilow sometimes. And there's a song called Weekend in New England. It just hit me. There's a line in there where he says, With you there's a heaven, so earth ain't so bad. Get in God's word. Read the promises about eternity. They are true. He wrote those. He, he had those put there for our encouragement. He says in Thessalonians, encourage one another with this. This is not the end. The prize and the goal is to, to see eternity in, in the correct perspective, and that affects the way that I live my life. I can release my white-knuckled grip on this world and hold on to the promises of God. And then finally, it's about growing in joy. We just talked about this in chapter 4. He said, verse 4 of chapter 4, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. In this whole process of growing in Christ and growing in my faith, it's a journey of joy. John 15, 11, Jesus said, These things I've spoken to you, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. That's God's desire for you and for me. Sometimes it's easy to get caught up in like, oh, Oh, there's too many things he want, God wants me to do or he, you know, too many restrictions. No, he says, come to me and I'll give you real joy. And we'll grow in that joy the closer we walk with him. Listen, trust him more today and you will grow in your joy. Where are you finding your joy this morning? Do a quick um, scan of your life. Where are you looking for Joy. Where are you finding relief? Listen, when you look to Christ for your satisfaction, when you run to Him in your pain, in your happiness, in your confusion, with your dreams in hand, when I search His Word for answers, for promises, and hold desperately to them, when I come to prayer, come to Him in prayer and cast my cares on Him, I begin to see that every blessing in life, everything in life is a blessing and a gift from Him and I can know real joy. That's not, it's not bound by the circumstances of this world around us. Christ is the fountain from which hope, peace, love, and joy springs. And as I grow in His joy, I find myself holding loosely and loosely, more loosely to the promises of this world because they just disappoint. So, in closing, God saw our brokenness. He saw our need for Him. And He came. He did something about it. He went into action. The foundation this morning for our joy, for our faith, is Jesus Christ. It's for every one of us. And He talked about that in chapter 2. He emptied Himself. Chapter 2, verse 7 through 11 says, He... Jesus emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Christ Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That will happen. 
And so that's what he's done. That's what Jesus went through. That's what God did to give us the foundation to live life to the fullest. And what he's called us to is what he says in chapter 3 of this book, verse 9, to be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ. The righteousness from God depends on faith. So today, to you, to me, every one of us, the call is faith in Christ. Faith in Him as Savior, to be grounded in Him. And I, I pray that all of us here this morning have done that. But also, Christian, the call is still to faith today. Faith for today. Faith for tomorrow. Faith that is growing. Faith to abide in Him. Remember Jesus said, I'm the vine, you're the branches. Abide in me, you'll bear much fruit. Without abiding in me, you, you can do nothing. Live connected to Jesus more and more. Growing in the vine, strengthening, letting him strengthen your faith. Listen, there's a lot on the line. It's not just about being religious or spiritual. It's about Jesus building your life into what... His desire is for you and for me. Working in your life. To be a father or a mother that's full of wisdom and spiritual discernment. To be, a, to be a husband or a wife that is faithful. To be a friend that's trustworthy. That comes through Jesus working in me. So let me encourage you this morning. Press on. Press on. Forgetting what's behind. Straining towards Jesus for what's ahead. with hope and faith that he who began this work in you is doing it right now and he will bring it to completion. God, thank you for your grace and love. Thank you for your promises. Thank you, Lord, that we can rest in Jesus this morning. We've been purchased. We've been brought into your family. There's nothing we can do to climb out of that family, but you're calling us to press on and to grow that we might know joy in our lives, but also that we might, you might work through us, through our lives, to touch a hurting world around us, Lord. Lord, we love you. Thank you for loving us first. In Christ's name, amen.